Imagine waking up. It's pitch black. Difficult to breathe. You try to sit up, but you can't. You try moving your arms, but there's no place for them to go. You try to scream. The sound is dull. Nobody can hear you because you're buried six feet underground and you're not yet dead. Don't panic. That'll just make it worse. Today, we discuss stories of being buried alive. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought being strangled by Bundy or eaten by Dahmer were the most horrific ways to go, stick around. Tonight's stories might be the most terrifying of them all. This is Necronomapod. To this very day and will always. Words of remorse from 59-year-old Nancy Rich on the same day she learned she really will be getting out of prison this year instead of dying behind bars. My most sincere and deepest apology for the most regrettable mistake of my life. Rich has been locked up since being convicted of the 1987 kidnapping and murder of Kankakee businessman Stephen Small. I'm certain it was expected that the sentence would be stiff. Danny Edwards, Rich's boyfriend at the time, now faces a life sentence for luring Small to a house he was renovating, putting him in a six by three plywood box and burying him alive for ransom money. I want to start off by saying that I think it's fantastic that we're finally doing an episode on WWE's five Buried Alive matches. <laughs> it's long overdue, in my opinion. I've been pushing this for three and a half years, and Certainly finally have. we're doing it. I'm glad we got to it. Yeah, I think it'll be fun and very informative for everybody. Maybe the most absurd of all gimmick matches, a WWE Buried Alive match. Maybe we'll cover this on Patreon one day. It's essentially where they build a makeshift grave. Big pile of dirt up there. Big pile of dirt. And you have to literally put your opponent in it and then cover them with dirt. And you win the match. (laughs) (laughs) Yet it's not considered a death match. You are killing someone. And it's not considered a death match. Dave, could you do that? No. No. I almost had a panic attack listening to your opening line (laughs) about this story. (laughs) So who were the Buried Alive matches? I can only think of one off the top of my head. So they all feature The Undertaker. The first one is the most famous with Mankind. That's what I'm thinking of. October of 96 uh, in your house pay-per-view. Then there was one in December of 98 against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, I remember that. Um, And then there was one. This one was on SmackDown. It was The Undertaker and Big Show versus The Rock and Sock Connection in (laughs) September of 99. The Rock and Sock Connection being Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Mankind. Um. Vince McMahon versus The Undertaker at Survivor Series 2003. I know the last one. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. AJ Styles, right? No. I thought we watched it on too long ago. That wasn't a buried alive match. Oh. Yeah, that was, uh, it ended with him being buried. Yeah. That's good. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. What was that that called? uh, It was so fake. Like it was pre-recorded. Like it was like a cinematic thing. It wasn't like an in the ring thing, but that was during COVID. They couldn't have fans. That's that's when it was. So they did that. That was Undertaker's last match. I I remember we watched that. Uh, it was Kane versus The Undertaker in 2010, bragging rights. I believe that's when Kane was on like a world title streak. And Undertaker, incidentally, because it's, you know, his gimmick match. He's The Undertaker. I think he lost most of these. Hmm. He's like like two and three, I think. Losers. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. I'm trying to think what the hell that match was called with AJ Styles. I'm going to look it up. You guys can. It was cool. But yeah, it was during COVID. And everyone's like, we don't know what to do. So let's right. do this. <laughs> 
was a boneyard match. <laughs> and it was essentially like just in like this, there was like an old warehouse and right. it was like all creepy and like they right. did, had the, they dimmed the lights and, uh, or well, they made it, I think they did shoot it in the middle of the night. So it actually was dark. Um, and then it ended with AJ Styles, I think getting buried alive, but it was not technically a buried alive match. But the taker it. drove away on his motorcycle, right? Yeah. yeah. Kind of riding off into the sunset, if you will. <laughs> Fun fact about that, I saw him, there was a documentary about The Undertaker that came out like after he retired. And I guess just a few hours before that they recorded that or were set to, he got a call that his brother had died. So and then he had to go and he was the one who called his mom. And he's like, okay, I got to go film for eight hours. Mm. Goddamn. Yeah. And that leads us right into more uh, somber, scary. <laughs> yeah, that'll set the tone. <laughs> This wasn't supposed to be a Buried Alive episode the way it's going to be presented. No, it was supposed to be about uh, one of the stories we're going to talk about later, Annie Marie Twente, but there wasn't enough there. I thought there was going to be like a real ghost story there, Mm -hmm. but part of that lore is that she was buried alive on accident. So she's like, well, we're going to do a Buried Alive episode now. Which is going to be, I mean, something like we've never done before. Dave hates this. Hate this. I was. I mean, I didn't like outline. typing about it. I wasn't even going to read it. It my the hair in the back of my neck stood up the whole time reading this. It's horrific. So I I, I think people will dig this though. This will be creepy. It's fucking wild for sure. This is almost like had we planned this better, that it was going to be this would have been like a great like Halloween type episode. Yeah, that wouldn't have been a good idea. Anyways, Halloween in July. <laughs> <laughs> So tapophobia is the fear of being buried alive. When you put phobia on it, you're talking about um, an abnormal fear where it disrupts someone's day-to-day life. But like we were just talking, this creeps everybody out, the thought of being buried alive. Before the era of modern medicine, it really wasn't that much of an irrational fear. A guy named William Tebb, who was an English businessman and very much into the fear of being buried alive, traveled around the world to uh, record accounts of people being buried alive. At the time, he found 219 cases of near live burial. So the person woke up before it actually happened. 149 actual live burials, 10 cases of live dissection, and two cases of people waking up while being embalmed. (laughs) William Ted was also like the leader of the anti-vaccination movement at the time, wrote a lot of uh, pamphlets about it and stuff. So I don't know how accurate his numbers are, but mm. this shit did happen. I want to do a episode on those 10 live dissections. That is terrifying. It's like a Mengele episode. Well, that's like unit 731 yeah, for real. A- they did those on people and those people with no anesthesia or anything. That's probably one of the worst shows we've ever done. Unit 731. Yeah. yeah. That stuff was just no comparison. What it, waking up while being embalmed. Like, I wonder at what part you wake up and you're like, oh, fuck. I don't know. Well, I mean, embalming is removing your blood, right? So and replacing it with, with yeah, formaldehyde. So, so you, you can't live with up. no blood. You must. But they're what, waking up. Like, so what do you do? Is waking that, up as like, your blood's being They're like, drained? oh, shit, put this back in reverse. Or like if the formaldehyde's going in and it starts burning and wakes you up or something. Yeah. Mm. I forget. I When I was uh, at the Red Cross giving blood one time, I asked the guy how long it would take. Like if he just, like if we were the only ones there who's doing my blood and he passed out or something and like how long <laughs> it would take me to bleed out. It wasn't that long. Really? From what I recall. Better hope he doesn't have like a lunch break coming up. <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> fucked, buddy. 
He's got to go with that Italian sub at Subway. He's <laughs> like, I went to Jimmy John's. It wasn't freaky. It was freaky slow instead today. <laughs> now you're sorry. You blood out. Now you're freaky dead. <laughs> well, at least we hope before we bury you. <laughs> I'm just extremely claustrophobic. And this just, I can't think of yeah, anything worse than this. Reading some of this stuff and what we'll get into is pretty horrific to think about but like reading it i was having trouble like breathing just being like huh oh boy exactly for sure so when i think of being buried alive my mind immediately goes to stories from the 1800s like ones we're going to talk about later where people are like accidentally buried and, and that stuff through the research for this episode i learned all about immurement which is being buried alive as a punishment which i did not know existed until now and now dave has more nightmares <laughs> Better follow the rules, Pally. I'm not going to sleep well tonight. (laughs) (laughs) One of the earliest mentions of immurement dates back to the Roman Empire when it was used to punish the Vestal Virgins. The Vestal Virgins were girls from prominent Roman families, and they were said to have nothing wrong with them. They were 100% perfect. These girls took a strict vow of celibacy and were committed to taking care of a sacred burning fire, honoring the goddess of home and family named Vesta. If a Vestal Virgin broke her vow of celibacy, she was to be put to death and buried in the city. Spilling the blood of a Vestal Virgin was against Roman law, and no person was to be buried in the city, so the Romans kind of needed a workaround. After being condemned to death, the girl would be taken to a vault that had a couch and a small amount of food and water. Then she was just left there to die, and the vault would never be touched again. Might be against Roman law, but it's not against College Mike's law to spill the blood of a virgin, is it? I was going to say, give me an hour with them. There won't be Vestal virgins anymore. I'll just be Vestal. Vestal satisfied. There were some pictures, like, like, uh, recreations of what that would look like. It was fucking creepy. And they even had, like, a skeleton there and, like, put the clothes on the skeleton. Like, what it would look like if you opened one of those vaults. It was just tiny and ancient looking. Like it's not a couch like we have today. Right. You know right. what I mean? Are any still was, there? Wasn't a sectional. <laughs> yeah. 85 inch flat, flat screen. Yeah. Nowadays, like, all right, I'm on board for that. A nice cold cell. I don't know if any still exist. That'd be creepy. That'd be real creepy. Oh God, yeah. Would in, you stay would you stay the night in one? It's like a like a haunted thing. Like an actual one? Yeah. No, like maybe no. uh, they'll remove the body, but like, no, 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 no. Okay. I can't do that, man. There, I would have to see the size of the room. I probably wouldn't either. I don't care about the size. I'm not really claustrophobic, but too many bad vibes in there. Someone suffered and died. I don't want that. Okay. Mythbusters did a buried alive show. Yeah. To try to see how long someone could live. I, I believe they used a steel coffin or something. It started caving in though, from the weight of the whatever. And they had to abort the mission, but. That's horrifying as well. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. Yeah. yeah. Like, I hope they had a good escape plan. I'm going to have to go watch that now. Why? Then you won't sleep for a week. That's true. Research. What's the, the name of research? What's the movie? Uh, is it Ryan Reynolds when he's buried alive? Might be called Buried. I've never seen that. I've never seen it either. Wild movie. I'll look it up while you're talking. There's several movies like that. There is an old Dutch movie called The Vanishing that is absolutely terrifying. If you want to watch something about being buried alive, they did a American remake that was terrible. Uh, yeah, but, of course. <laughs> Cause they have to make, you know, semi sort of happy endings for American movies. Cause right. we don't like, you know, real endings to movies, but 
This one's just bleak, man. Holy fuck. The Vanishing. Vanishing. Dutch All right. That's like um, Let the Right One In. That's the American version, right? Let me let me let me in is the American remake. Yeah, yeah the ending's not as good as the no, Swedish one. Yeah, it's got to be like you said, a happy ending. I love kinda. the end of the that movie in the pool. Yeah, fantastic. What's all that? I would say Kill Bill, but the bride she just punches through. She knows how That's to get out of there. Yeah, climb through the six feet of dirt. She should have taught Ryan Easy Reynolds how to do it. <laughs> in the Middle Ages, the Catholic Church did similar shit to nuns or monks who had broken a vow of chastity or talked about ideas that the church didn't like. Like it was just like, if you stepped out of line, kind of if you spoke yeah. stuff that was heresy. Yeah. Now they just, uh, cover it up and move the church, the priest to another, another <laughs> church. So progress, right? The monk or nun would be sealed into a small tomb like space and only be fed a tiny amount of food dropped through a small hole. This punishment was known as Vade and Pesum or Go in Peace, and it was straight up torture. They kept these nuns and monks alive on purpose by giving them little bits of food. But they called it Go in Peace, so it was nice. And there's some stuff where our evidence of a murement going on all the way up until the 1900s, there's a picture from 1913 of a Mongolian woman being put through. I've seen that. And there, there's the way they had it was just a box where you couldn't really lay down, but you, and you couldn't sit. And there was just a hole where you could like put your arm or your mm-hmm. head out. There's a picture of that woman with her arm and her head like wedged through there. Stop in the middle of the desert or something. Terrifying. Just roasting out there. There was also um, a lot of evidence of Incan child sacrifice to the gods and different things like that. I'm going to do my best to say this. Lulaoco. Sounds right to me. <laughs> um, it's this young girl that was found, her, her mommy, and she was an Incan child that was sacrificed. And she was like in perfect condition. Like you would think she might have might have just died recently. Like she was completely preserved. Wow. So it was big for them to get the kids, give them like some kind of um, some herbal thing to like pretty much get them high and fall asleep. And they would have them down into like a big hole and just put the dirt over it oh man there's a casino too right and they beat pesci and his brother oh, with the bats yeah. and like they're they're not dead yet but they're i mean they're pretty well beat and then they start covering with dirt i always oh, forget about that man. that is the most brutal scene in that movie very brutal probably the most brutal scene between that and goodfellas yeah i would say so there's a lot of this kind of stuff in history there's also records of like the, the Chinese dynasties with that when the emperor died, burying alive all his servants with him. Or Egypt has stuff like that. So too. they're, you know, available in the afterlife. So if one of us dies and you bury us, like Declan gets thrown in with us. <laughs> Sorry, bud. We wouldn't need him anymore. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like she's perfectly preserved. Wow. From all those years ago. It's crazy. Wow. That's really creepy. I don't know. You got to be some kind of monster to bury someone alive. If you think that's where everything comes from, though, if you're that like, I guess in our our time, you know, we have like computers and shit. And, but when you don't know, like when you depend on the sun rising because of it. Yeah, I suppose it's an acceptable trade off. So the sun comes back. Sure. Somewhere they got it in their heads. That yeah. You just don't want to be the tribute, right? 
gonna be the guy making the decisions. Yeah, like maybe make yeah. sure you're like in the back of the group every time yeah. this stuff's getting talked about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I gotta I gotta do a podcast tonight. I can't be here for the decision. Sorry, guys. In eighteen eighty four, Edgar Allan Poe wrote a short story titled Premature Burial, playing into the fear of being buried alive. In this story, a man builds a coffin with modifications to make sure that he wasn't buried alive. And Poe described it in his story, writing, quote, The slightest pressure upon a long lever that extended far into the tomb would cause the iron portal to fly back. There were arrangements also for the free admission of air and light and convenient receptacles for food and water within immediate reach of the coffin intended for my reception. This coffin was warmly and softly padded and was provided with a lid fashioned upon the principle of the vault door with the addition of springs so contrived that the feeblest movement of the body would be sufficient to set it at liberty. Besides all this, there was suspended from the roof of the tomb a large bell, the rope of which, it was designed, should extend through a hole in the coffin and so be fastened to one of the hands of the corpse. It's not clear if this story inspired real-life inventions, but I think there's a solid argument to be made that it did. So run through some of these uh, patents for coffins that would present someone from being buried alive. It's weird that like this was a business back in the day. Yeah. Well, I got to come up with some something to, that will help people not get buried alive. The patent drawings are really interesting of this stuff because they're so de- they're yeah. so detailed and back yeah. in the 1800s. Do these all get approved? Yeah. Wow. We got to come up with a patent for Latin, something like that. Maybe it'll make you feel better, Dave. <laughs> like Escape hatch like, kind of Like thing. an app on your phone. Like you just ping someone like, hey, I'm down here. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm getting cremated. I would no fucking way I would ever get Just in buried. case, though, Dave, you never know what nope, happens. Nope, nope, nope. Might be an accident. Nope. I wonder what the stats are on um, alive cremations, like people cremated on accident. Mm. It's a lot better than being buried. I mean, I guess we would never know until you throw them in. You hear like a scream and you're like, oh, fuck. Then you're just like, that's true. Just no one mentioned this. Yeah. <laughs> like slowly walk yeah. away. <laughs> Get the next box. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. You're, you're not surviving that, right? Like, yeah. No. Uh, Did that ever happen? Ozark in their crematorium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine like, like if me and you were working the night shift, we put a body in, you close the door or whatever you hear like a little, and we just like look at each other. Like, no, nah, we didn't just hear that. <laughs> you want to go take lunch? <laughs> We will never speak of this again. <laughs> yeah, like you're not going to report it, right? <laughs> what I didn't you? hear anything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it was my phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I was getting texts. <laughs> Siri. We didn't hear that. <laughs> Me and Wilder refor- phones record everything that we say, right? So that it would be all there. <laughs> you start getting like targeted ads for, for uh, buried alive for <laughs> cremation prevention kits. Oh, man. That would be fucked up. <laughs> So the first one's from August 25th, 1868, and it was called the Improved Burial Case. This was a coffin equipped with air vents, a ladder, and a bell. And I'm assuming that the ladder, it would rely on a tunnel being built down so someone could climb out. That's the only thing that would make sense with Mm -hmm. that. And the patent says, quote, if too weak to ascend by ladder, he can ring the bell giving the desired alarm for help and thus save him from premature death by being buried alive. And it basically just looked like a coffin. They threw a ladder in there. <laughs> Here you go, bud. Yeah. In a zombie apocalypse, wouldn't this allow all of the undead to escape their uh, tombs? Yeah. 
Could be a little dangerous. Is there an issue with, like, like, is that a thing? Like, some of the undead can't escape? So they're like, ah, oh, I'm not a part of this one. Is that, like, a thing that has ever been discussed in, like, the Walking Deads or whatever? I think it. a lot of it depends on just other people turning into zombies. But how does it before they're initially? Buried? Like, the, uh, is the, the initial zombie attack, like, the few that are strong enough to just get out? Um... I think it's different in different zombie stories. Some of it would be the air, right? So if you have an air tunnel into here, presumably that air infection could bring the zombies back to life and let them climb out of the ladder, right? Yeah. Some, it's just when the disease affects the living and... Turns them. Turns them. Got it. And it just spreads, right? Yeah, you get bit. I don't need to watch, I don't need to watch The Walking Dead. I got it. Yeah, that's a summary. It's a good summary of it. Get bit, you turn into a zombie. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) The next one's from December 5th, 1882, called The Device for Indicating Live and Buried Persons. That's a good name for it. (laughs) This device was a pipe that went down into the coffin, and it had a T-shaped end in the coffin, like handlebars. So it's like this solid column. It's got these two handlebars on it. Um, if the person woke up, they would be able to twist the handles and it would open up an enclosure above ground, giving them fresh air. So there was like this, you know, the, that column goes up and I don't know if it was like a door, but it, whenever mm-hmm. you twisted it, it opened up. Right. And so the air would come down the column into the casket. Right. It's <laughs> like that. Well, can you imagine how good that would feel? Oh, nice, cool like air when yeah. you've been dead for a few days. Right. Absolutely. But then you would be depending on someone hearing you because or, or walking past because when the enclosure would be seen as open. It's like, well, somebody who was down there right. twisted that open. They're well, alive. that would be, you know, the people working at the cemetery would that be their job, right? The grave diggers and the walk around, check it out. Sure. The like landscape monitors. Sure. I would do that job. You want to hire me? I'll, I'll roam around your cemetery. I did it for <laughs> fucking an hour and a half looking for which one to call its grave a few months ago. Pretty we good. got another live one. I'm pretty good at walking around aimlessly <laughs> around cemeteries looking like a buffoon. The interesting thing about this device was that it could be removed and used for other burials. So after a while, when it's like, okay, it's never opened up. That person's for sure dead. They could just pull it out, cover that hole, and then use it in another one. Well, that's not a very good business model. But that's resourceful, at least. Saving the planet while saving lives. I guess, but it's counteracting your ability to sell as many units of these, right? Then the cemetery would only have to be buy one and keep reusing. Maybe they're just in the business for help and not looking to make a profit. Mm. I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. Maybe this was like a United way thing or something. (laughs) (laughs) This next one is fucking terrifying. November 3rd, 1885 burial casket. In this invention, motion of the body triggered a clockwork driven fan which would force fresh air down into the coffin instead of a passive air pipe. The device also included a battery powered alarm. The patent says, quote, when the hand is moved, the exposed part of the wire will come in contact with the body, completing the circuit between the alarm and the ground to the body in the coffin, which was result in the alarm sounding. There's also a spring loaded rod, which would raise up carrying feathers or other type of signals. Finally, and this is a really fucking creepy part, a tube. So a tube that would cover the full face of the person would be put on their face and run up to the ground. And there would be a lamp there so that 
quote, a person looking down the tube could see the face of the body in the coffin. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, I don't want that job. <laughs> Go around and look at people's faces. Nope. Because that's not just for people who are alive and have utilized the device. That's for everyone. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah, you're buried with that on your face if if your family do chose any of to these use still, this device. Do any of these still exist? Like a physical? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Well, these are just patents. Did they actually ever produce these? I'm not completely sure. Yeah, that. that's the question. They had to have least made one. A couple prototypes, tried yeah. it on their friends and family for a free giveaway. Yeah, because they have the drawings of everything and the yeah. measurements and all that. Mm. I'll pass on that one. That one is absurd. I'm not looking at anybody in there. <laughs> no. And there's even simple ones we talked about with uh, the whole New England vampire scare, right? Where they just had a bell at the top and a, a wire that, that ran down. That if the person woke up, they would just be able to pull and ring the bell. I don't even need all this fancy contraption stuff. Ring the bell. Fucking ring the bell. Piece of yarn. No problem. <laughs> but then the wind's blowing in the cemetery. The bells are all ringing. True. And- You're digging everybody up real quick. <laughs> I don't know. It was just the goddamn breeze. <laughs> so now let's get into uh, some individual cases of people being buried alive. What we know about Anna Hockwalt comes from a short article from the Tribune's Dayton out of Ohio on March 31st, 1884. In that red quote, a young lady buried alive. A sensation has been created here by the discovery of the fact that Miss Anna Hockwalt, a young woman of high social standing who was supposed to have died suddenly on January 10th, was buried alive. The horrible truth was discovered a few days ago, and since then it has been the talk of the city. The circumstances of Miss Hockwalt's death were peculiar. It occurred on the morning of the marriage of her brother to Miss Emma Schmind at the Emmanuel Church. Shortly before six o'clock, the young lady was dressing for the nuptials and had gone into the kitchen. A few moments afterwards, she was found sitting in a chair with her head reclining against the wall, apparently lifeless. Medical aid was summoned, and Dr. Jewett, after examination, pronounced her dead. Mass was being read at the time in the church, and it was proposed to postpone the wedding, but Father Hanno thought it best to continue, and the wedding was consummated in gloom and by a low mass. An examination showed that Anna was of an excitable temperament, nervous and afflicted with sympathetic palpitation of the heart, and Dr. Jewett thought this caused her death. On the following day, the girl was interned in Woodland Cemetery. The friends of Miss Hawkwell could not forget the terrible impression made by her death, and several ladies observed that her ears bore a remarkably natural color and could not dispel the idea that she was not dead. They conveyed their opinion to Anna's parents, and they thought, and the thought preyed on them so that the body was taken from the grave. When the coffin was opened, it was discovered that the supposed inanimate body had turned upon its right side. The hair of the head had been torn out in handfuls, and the flesh of the fingers had been bitten from the bones. The body was reinterned and efforts made to conceal the case. No, just no. Nothing else out there about this other than the news article, but uh, very, very creepy. The part about ripping the hair out is crazy. Like you're just terrified. You're insane. Going insane. Like just doing like you don't know what to do. You're panicked. How long does it take you to die? You think? I don't know. Probably not very long. Suffocating slowly. You probably wake up not. You probably do you wake up because you can't breathe not too long after that they bury you. 
I mean, I guess it would depend what had you out in the first place, yeah. right? So a couple hours, maybe. I bet you yeah. hyperventilate because of the panic. Well, yeah, and the it kind of hastens the the certainly the time. Would make it quicker. You're not controlling your breathing by any yeah. means. Sucking up all that oxygen right away. Yeah, I mean, based on a story we're going to get into later in the episode, it sounds like it would only be a couple hours. Agonizing hours. Yeah. I like how Father Hannah was just like, yeah, she died, but we're going to go ahead and do this wedding anyways. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're not stopping. <laughs> Show must go on. Do you think it's like a like an old drunk country doctor? He's, like, ah, she, he's partying at the <laughs> wedding, you know? Like, oh, right. She's dead. Oh, I don't detect any pulse here. <laughs> Meanwhile, she was in the kitchen. She probably had like a delicious sandwich, got into a food coma, fell asleep. <laughs> She probably had a spaghetti sandwich. I bet that's what she had. And they're delicious. And I've had many a food coma after spaghetti sandwich. One might think I had passed on. <laughs> you wake up, hey, motherfuckers bear me. Yeah. Still got like sauce around my mouth. God damn it, motherfucker. Son of a bitch, they got me. What do you do? Do you try to punch through? Do you try to do anything? Do you accept your... I mean, I don't, I don't think know, you, I, you don't just lay there, right? You're going to do something. You're going you're gonna to scream. You're going to kick. You're going to punch because you probably don't even necessarily know that you're where you're at. You sure. don't know. There's no light. Right. No. It's pitch black. Pitch black. You can't hear a thing. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start hyperventilating myself right now. This is awful. This is awful. It's unimaginable. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Here's an idea. Routine maintenance for your brain. Is this something you've ever thought about? Considered? How well would you take care of your car or home if you knew you had to keep the same one your entire life? Because that's exactly how our brains work. So maybe it's time we start treating them that way. How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. The good news is there are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language, exercising, or even taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. Your mental health should be taken seriously. Nothing can cripple your day or stunt your motivation more than feeling depressed, anxious, or sad. We all have a lot to deal with in our daily lives, be it the struggles of work, raising a family, or even paying the bills. Your mental health is one area that you shouldn't have to worry about. Whether life currently has you down or you're feeling unfulfilled, we're all experiencing our own form of strain on our brains and our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Necronomapod listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash necro. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash necro. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash necro. And thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's podcast. The next one's Annie Mary 20. Annie Mary 20 was the youngest of five daughters born on October 14th, 1880 to Richard and Elizabeth 20 in Pendleton County, Kentucky. The story is almost as much about Richard 20 as it is about Annie Mary. Richard was born in Pendleton County, Kentucky in February of 1855, and there's not a lot known about his life or the family's life in Kentucky after that. 
We do know that he was a devout Mormon, and around the time that he arrived with his family in Minnesota, Richard started showing signs of schizophrenia. Albin Township in Minnesota was predominantly Protestant area, so when you mix the Mormonism and the erratic behavior from schizophrenia, there was a lot of backlash from the community, and Richard was not liked. But they were able to buy a farm, and they ended up getting 160 acres of property for $1,150. Fuck, I'd do that today. It's not a bad deal, right? Yeah, I'll take that right <laughs> now. I'll make that deal. Yeah, right now. You'd be a good farmer. I'm farmer really Mike. good at farming, yeah. They used to call me Farmhand Mike. <laughs> Is that how well you spread your seed? Yeah. <laughs> be it from 4 a.m. till six sundown. <laughs> good at milking, too. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> Even though Richard wasn't liked in the community and he had mental health issues, he was a really skilled builder. Richard built a revolutionary granary system that is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Wagons would be brought through the doors of the granary and onto a scale where they could be weighed to keep a very accurate inventory of harvest. Then the wagon would be tipped over and the grain would fall into buckets attached to a belt system. That belt system would be carried to one of seven bins in the upper levels of the granary. The granary Richard built was so sturdy and efficient that it was used until the mid-1970s. Like it was renovated over time, but the general concept in the building stayed. The three-level barn he also built on his property was used until the mid-1970s, and all of the notes he kept were used as the basis for a 1918 publication on planting fruit in northern climates. And all that's legit. That's not like a ghost story or anything, which is I found pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah, you can look all that up. Regarding the schizophrenia, there were things like Richard receiving some form of a sign from the universe or God and then piling the family into a wagon in the middle of winter to follow that sign and like having to be begged to come back like you're going to kill all of us because we're going to freeze to death. However, when Annie Mary passed away in 1886, Richard's mental state significantly deteriorated. She was only, what, six years old? Yeah. The most common story of how Annie died is that she fell from a high spot in the barn and hit her head, resulting in her going into a coma. There's also a version where Annie fell into a coma as a result of lung fever, which we now know is pneumonia. Regardless of how Annie fell into a coma, days later she was pronounced dead and buried in the Iberia Cemetery. I think we should take it back to lung fever. It's more descriptive. <laughs> I got lung fever again. <laughs> I have walking lung fever. <laughs> walking lung fever. Sure. We'll just start using it, right? We'll set the trend. Can we make that happen? Only we had a public forum where we can just tell <laughs> that it is now lung fever. So says us. Declan, put out a press briefing. <laughs> I give him a typewriter. That's what he uses. One mistake. He's got to do it all over again. <laughs> Can't use that whiteout stuff. Fuck no. You gotta look professional. He's, he's got to put his own. I don't. It's blank white paper. He's got to put his own header at the top. <laughs> our logo. Declan. Can you imagine using a typewriter? It'd be fun. I would love to do it. Uh-huh. But it doesn't sound good at until all. Until you make a mistake and then you're like, well, fuck this. I quit. Where's the control alt delete? 
I'm really having trouble with this ice over here. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder why you don't want to use a typewriter. You can't even use tongs. I'm trying to be very quiet and put ice in my glass. It's making a you don't need a kayfabe. People know, people know we drink. <laughs> Unlike you, Mike, I don't try to make a bunch of noise over there pouring my drinks. I'm just going to make my drink. I made my last one at the break. We were fine. <laughs> so again, there's two versions of the story. The first is that Elizabeth Twenty was so distraught by Annie's death that she didn't leave bed for days. At some point in her grieving, she started to believe that Annie wasn't really dead and that they accidentally buried her. To ease her mind, Richard found... Oh, there he goes. He's hitting the glass now. <laughs> yeah, I had to grab it from you because you almost dropped it. <laughs> I about lunged across the table to save that bottle of the maker's mark. If we had a bartender in studio, yeah, well, we no, be nobody applied. Trouble. Nobody applied for the job. I we we put out the the briefing thing. Briefing. Now I'm saying that the, the social medias. Nobody applied. Nobody applied. So to ease her mind, Richard found someone in the community to help him dig up Annie's coffin to prove to Elizabeth that they didn't bury their daughter alive. Inside, Richard found Annie on her side, curled into a ball. Her eyes were wide open in terror, and there were scratch marks all over the inside of the coffin. And even scarier than all of this, Annie had huge clumps of her own hair in her hands, like that first story we talked about. That's a common thread, huh? I wonder why. Is it... You're just losing your mind, and you're just can you, grasping you at that, stuff. I don't know. That, that, that would happen that quickly? Like, I know you're panicked, but if you're dying within two hours, are you to the point where you're... You're pulling your hair out. That's a long fucking two hours, man. Is it like an attempt to try to kill yourself? Like you're trying to just Boy, hurt yourself? I don't know. Like, I wonder what, why that is. I'm not sure how to explain that. The first thing is that popped in my mind is like school. You're sitting in school and you're like, fuck, I've been sitting here for an hour for sure. And then you look at the clock and it's only 10 minutes have gone. <laughs> but in a in your cat, you don't know what, how much time. No, I been. know, but. Man, that would take a long, oh, sure. long two hours. Is it just to feel something? You're pulling your hair out? Where does that phrase come from? I'm pulling my hair out. I'm just going crazy, right? So maybe that's a thing. Okay. Nightmare fuel. That's what it is. Well, and this one's sad because she's six years old. <sighs> she doesn't know what's going on. And again, as I'm sitting here trying to picture it, you're like, yeah, all right, that's bad. But you forget it's in pitch black. Like, right. which is just a whole nother and there's no level sound other than nothing. yours. Yeah. Your ears are probably popped, right? Mm -hmm. Like from the elevation. So you got like that deaf sound already. Like, I don't think your default in, in imagining that scenario is pitch blackness. I don't think your mind works like that. But then when I focus on it and, and again, Imagine you don't know you're buried too. alive. You don't know what the fuck is happening. You don't know where you're at. You sure. don't know if you're in somebody's trunk covered in stuff. Yep. You know, and that's probably the scare, even scarier is that like just the unknown of like what is happening. Why can't I breathe? Why can't I see? Or am I blind? Maybe my eyes were taken out. Like, you know, I mean, you don't fucking know. At least your eyes refocus after a little while. But to in what? The dark, right? But to what even? Like, like I'm, maybe you can see your hand. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to do an extra weed tonight. How, it's making me feel panicky talking uh, about oh, this. How refocused can your eyes get, though, in pitch black? Your eyes can, aren't focusing at all. You're like, under the ground, right? Like, there's no light at all. Yeah, where maybe you can not. even see your hand? Yeah, maybe not. Like, there's nothing. There's an app, complete absence of light. For your so eyes not. to adjust to. Yeah. He's down there with the maggots, right? <laughs> They'll be crawling all over you pretty soon. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> eating away at your your body. You got to rub one out to calm down real quick, right? <laughs> calm, calm yourself. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's got nowhere to go, so it just comes right back on you. Now you're all sticky and covered in your own cum. Is that what you do in panicky situations, Dave? You go rub one out? It's good to know before our first live show. Where's Dave? He's in the bathroom rubbing one out. I just text him some Casey Anthony photos. He'll be back in 30 seconds. In a panic, rub one out. New shirt coming in Necronomapod. So Richard brought Annie's body back to the farm to bury her on a hillside. Richard built a four foot high, 18 inch thick stone wall around a 15 by 20 foot area to rebury Annie. He also included a metal gate to enter the stone walls to visit Annie's grave. And that's real. He did build that. And I did see some ghost stories about that where people have suggested that her ghost has been seen walking around that area. Right. Which would be terrifying and also sad because, again, it's a six year old girl. Yeah. Does her ghost have her hair all pulled out and like that? Oh, man. Those eyes in terror. Oh, like she's frozen in that state. I hope. I would like to think not. Yeah. But. That's even scary. That's scary, too. Yeah. I guess that could be a whole separate conversation. Maybe we've done it and I've been too drunk. But like if you become a ghost, (laughs) what version of you are you as the ghost? Is it you at the moment you die or is it you at your best? Do you get a choice? I don't think you get a choice. But like, like I think it people, would just be you when you die, right? But like when people say they see ghosts, like your grandfather passed away and yeah. then like you see him or like these Art Bell calls. Is he, as you remember him as in his old age, is it him as the young guy who married your grandma, like in his, his military uniform? What version of the ghost are you seeing? Well, you hear ghost stories and, uh, you know, a, a woman had died during the Civil War. And when they see her ghost, she's wearing, you know, a long Civil War era dress. So she's attired, you know, so it's kind of like the, kind of how you would have died. I mean, I think that's a deep discussion into what an actual I mean, ghost is and how it manifests I guess itself. I'm just saying, has anyone ever told the ghost story where like they saw the ghost, but it was like the younger version of that ghost, but you could still recognize like, it as that person. Like my husband died, you know, he was 75 years old, but when his ghost appeared, it was like the day, like when I met mm. him, the young, good looking, Oh, interesting thoughts. I think sometimes just, I have, and then forget about figured I'd bring this one up. Do an investigate on that and come back with I'll a, do an investigatory. With a five page report. Please I'll do an investigatory. I mean, next time I'm roaming around a cemetery, yeah. I'm like, hey, ghosts, someone show up. And when they show up, I don't know who they are. I'm like, so did you die like this? Or are you like the better version? What's the deal with that 70s leisure suit? <laughs> and type it up on your typewriter too. make it fancy. And they're packing. <laughs> oh, fuck. Start again. He's got like a hundred sheets of crumpled up paper. In the <laughs> I, <probably corner>. <laughs> I can't even text on my phone without making so many errors. I have to rewrite every sentence I put on my phone. Yep. I am not good at it. The other version of the story is that Richard had grown an obsession with believing that his daughter was buried alive or more innocently that Richard just wasn't happy with her being buried at the Abira cemetery and wanted her buried on his property. Either way, like we said, um, Richard really did dig her up and he really did build the stone wall around her grave. And if you take the fact that the community was already scared of Richard and throw in him digging up his deceased daughter, 
you're going to get rumors and that's where it seems like the lore of Annie being buried alive came from. That makes sense. A lot of people talking crazy Mormon guy, bury his kid alive kind of thing. Yeah. After this, Richard's mental state got worse on October 19th, 1887. Richard was committed to the St. Peter state hospital. He believed that his neighbors were trying to steal Annie's remains and an episode of him verbally attacking his neighbors led to him being committed. Richard was released after three months, but within a few days, he was right back at the state hospital for shooting and killing someone's horse for no reason. Richard was released a third time, but was sent back for shooting at his neighbors. Richard was released a fourth time based on his promise to move and leave the Mormon church, which he did not do. But in 1918, Richard sold the farm and moved to Canada without his family. His mental state drove Elizabeth and his daughters away, and they stayed in Minnesota. Richard died on November 7, 1922, from a heart attack while chopping wood. Somehow his remains were brought back to Minnesota, and he was buried in New Ulm, Minnesota. Elizabeth died in 1936, and she was buried next to Richard. Because they never got divorced or anything, he just had to go away. Annie Mary's remains were moved again from the hillside of the farm and she was buried next to her parents and you can still find their gravestones and it reads quote Annie Mary born October 14th 1880 died October 26th 1886 father and mother may I meet you in your royal court on high and like you said Dave there's uh, ghost stories from where her grave is it's still there like the the stone wall still there it's all busted up and there's just the hinges there's no gates mm. and it's a lot of beer bottles everywhere and stuff like that because there's a lot of teenagers going up there to scare each other oh, and stuff yeah. yeah stories of like their lights flickering the like car lights flickering or their car car stalling stuff like that we had all those stories of the uh, that would happen at the witch's graveyard here same kind of deal yeah. well, same stories for all those kinds of places all over the country i'm sure Flickering lights and cars stalling. It's cool. It's pretty standard. Yeah. yeah. Not sure I'm buying that. I tend to believe that this guy was, was mentally uh, ill with schizophrenia. Didn't like that his daughter was so far away. So he built this thing on his property, dug her up. So no, you don't buy the buried alive. No, I think he just dug her up and reburied her and it just rumors and shit. That's reasonable. Yeah. Well, we should ask the eyewitnesses then, like you said, Dave, who saw her ghost. Did she have hair missing? I'd like to know. We got eyewitnesses who've seen her ghost. Get them on the phone, Mike. How did she look? Call them. Well. Hello, eyewitness. I have to call some (laughs) The eyewitness hotline. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're on the air doing an investigatory. (laughs) Do people still go and report ghost sightings? Or was this like a while back? No, I think this sound, this almost sounds like a thing that would still go on today. I just meant like, have there still been rumors of like, I saw her ghost? Or is it just kind of like the, the passed around bullshit? Like, oh yeah, we're going to see your ghost. Yeah, I think it's just passed around stuff like that. Yeah. For the most part. Only people had cell phones. <laughs> would ghosts show up on a cell phone picture? Call Zach. Maybe he can go and get it. Yeah, Who was that? <laughs> so just brushed against me. They're trying to kill us. Which one is that from? <laughs> Which show is that one? Ghost Adventures. <laughs> they don't want us to leave here alive. <laughs> He's all fucking muscular in his tight black shirt. <laughs> fucking ridiculous show. Jersey Shore type bro. Yeah. Out there looking for ghosts. 
I mean, we laugh and then we watch pro wrestling and we're like, oh, yeah. Pro no, wrestling's a, a lot more real than this show. It's real buddy. to me, damn yeah. it. I mean, I'm just saying, if people watch it for entertainment, that's fine, but just don't believe in it. And, we, and, and that show, <laughs> don't believe in that show. Yeah, no. The bumps on WWE are 100% more realistic than uh, the, the bumps well, that Shaq sure. bumped the ghosty bumps in. Yeah, it's not camera tricks. Like they're really falling in WWE. <laughs> Did you feel that? The air just dropped 30 degrees. <laughs> he always gets scratched, too. Yeah, uh, hmm. He always has scratches on him from... Like, from I don't ghosts. watch this stuff, but I watched the Franklin Castle one here because they were in Cleveland. I'm like, yeah. this show is so fucking stupid. I've never been over to the Franklin Castle. I just saw that come up some, on something recently. And we, I had never even heard of it before. Really? Yeah. We, uh, we go there, like, back in the old days, you know, Two, three o'clock in the yeah, morning. Yeah, and drink beer and look and for stand ghosts outside like, and look at the do. house. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The next one is Octavia Smith Hatcher. In 1889, Octavia Smith married a wealthy guy from Kentucky named James Hatcher, and they had a son who they named Jacob. However, uh, infant mortality rates being what they were in the 1800s, Jacob died in infancy. You mean before vaccines? Correct. Yeah, they were high. Yeah, and you didn't live very long <laughs> yeah. either. What was? I don't know if it was a Patreon one last week or what. I think it was with the doppelganger one when the teacher had worked. Like she was thirty-two years old, but it had been a teacher already for sixteen years. I'm like, that's weird. But then at the time frame, I'm like, oh yeah, she's probably dead. Like in ten years. Yeah. She was, you know, ahead of the game. She was <laughs> yeah. doing well for herself. Sixteen, she got a teaching job. <laughs> Middle age at twenty, right? Yeah. Losing her son put Octavia in a deep depression and she was bedridden for several months. And during this time, she also began showing signs of a mysterious illness that no one could figure out. Eventually, she went into a coma and was pronounced dead in May of 1891, four months after her son Jacob died. It was unusually hot in May that year. And so Octavia was buried real quick. Because they didn't have, you know, morgues and shit really yeah. figured out. Or ice. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to walk around smelling that. But a few days later, others in the town began falling into a similar coma-like sleep with shallow breathing patterns, only to wake up a few days later. It was found to be an illness caused by the bite of a tsetse fly. Fearing that she had been buried alive, James panicked and had Octavia exhumed, thinking that she might wake up. She did wake up, but James was too late. Octavia's coffin was airtight and he found the coffin lining had been shredded. Octavia's fingernails were bloody and her face was frozen in that same kind of like eyes wide open terror. James reburied Octavia and erected a lifelike monument of her that's still there today. Not, oh my God, man. Not great. You know, we go through these couple of, of stories in there. You know, just a few examples of the documented cases. I forget what you said. That, that guy at the beginning uh, identified like a, a hundred or whatever this happening. Yeah. How many? That's just the ones that got identified. How many times did this happen that no one ever thought to, you know, dig that person up because there was no need to? Probably thousands, Dave, and it probably still happens. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way of knowing. Oh, man. That's kind of true. Just listen closely and you might hear oh like, my a, God. <laughs> it's just someone. Knocking. You're freaking me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless you start digging up everybody's grave, you're not going to know. 
I'm just the, like the law of averages says that if this happened, this many few were discovered, then there were probably a lot more. I think it's safe that to were say never discovered. one in three burials. <laughs> one in three. <laughs> Someone's getting buried alive. Even nowadays. Well, sure. Maybe I mean, they should. What kind of technology have they done to coffins <laughs> that, you know, tell us? Maybe they need to start putting like devices in coffins to where you can like text somebody or like hit a button inside. And it's like, mm. you know, bloop, you get a message from Dave. Wait, we just buried that motherfucker. <laughs> that get would, him out. That would be fucking scary. I'm like, oh, I got fucking Verizon. Doesn't work six foot underground. <laughs> it's like a cell no! Fuck you, I'm alive. <laughs> Flipping you off. Like, get me out of here. Because with the flash on, you can see. <laughs> I'm Verizon, no service. I'm dead. <laughs> but it's like Dave flipping us off, but there's like a maggot coming out of his eye. Ew. Oh, <laughs> I like how I can have fun with this one because, like, yeah, it's fucked up, but like, I don't know. I don't go around worrying about this stuff. But I'm not sticking with one and three. Just saying, check your loved ones. If you go to a wake or a calling hours, whatever people call them, there's nothing wrong with shaking the body real hard once <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> You go. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's like one of ours, like just like go right over us and open a beer can. If we're alive, our eyes are doing a little, little peak. That's a good point. A little peak. Just put it right up there. Yeah. yeah. What if they are required to chop everyone's heads off before <laughs> they bury you? How about that? Would that, that make you feel better? Yes, it would. <laughs> Now we're just chopping off the heads of people. Separate everyone's head before you bury them just to make sure. What about a good tickle? Slice on the tickle machine. <laughs> tickle. I'd rather do that than cut their heads yeah, off. Cut their heads off. Then you're But sure. then you're killing everybody. What's the, it doesn't matter. Because it's better than waking up alive in the coffin. But I'd it, rather you kill me. But who doesn't want a little tickle? <laughs> I don't want a little tickle. All right, cut your head off. Fine. <laughs> remember when we talked, I can't remember what episode it was, but remember we talked about uh, way back in the day. I remember it was France where when they still beheaded people, someone wanted to find out like if they were still feeling or whatever. Oh, yeah. And they fucking picked that guy's head up and smacked him in the yeah. face. And he and looked his eyes registered. Like, yeah, we discussed yeah. That. Like he was mad for a second. Oh, like, yeah. what the fuck? Why'd you slap me? I don't love that either. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not very, sure. it's very temporary though. For a couple seconds, you're going to know that your fucking head was just cut off. And, and yeah. most, I'm sure that probably not for all of them, but. Would, I, I think I it would have to be quick because that was with a guillotine. Yeah. It's real quick. Well, that makes yeah. complete sense. There's a little delay before it registers in your brain, right? I can't believe that this is where we've gotten to in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone presumed dead, now we have to cut their head off just in case. Take their heart out. Something, something to ensure they are no longer alive. Can we get the guy from, uh, what is it, Temple of Doom? Just goes in your chest. And <laughs> exactly right. Rips your heart yes. out. Would you take that job, Dave? If you had the power to do that? To take the heart? Oh, come on. You would love that. Ripping people out the power right. to rip somebody's heart out? Kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it also a dumb and dumber when Jim yeah. Carrey's having a fantasy <laughs> yeah. and he rips the guy's heart out, puts it in a to-go bag, and gives it to him? <laughs> do you remember He's like that? impressing <laughs> the, the he's, woman. He's trying to impress Mary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's old Bruce Lee movies, I believe, where he, one of his moves was like he stuck the two fingers through the guy's chest into his heart and he'd show... <laughs> like the Chinese connect. I think it's Chinese connection. Those are awesome. Yeah. As a kid, I was a big mark for temple of doom. That was my favorite Indiana Jones movie. The next one is Angelo Hayes. 
1937, a 19-year-old guy from France named Angelo Hayes wrecked his motorcycle and went headfirst into a brick wall. When paramedics arrived, they found that Angelo had severe trauma to his head and no pulse. Angelo was pronounced dead and buried three days later. Due to an investigation being done by an insurance company, Angelo's body was exhumed two days after his funeral, and they found that Angelo was still alive. He was in a coma, and as a result, his body didn't need a ton of oxygen to survive. He ended up making a full recovery and went around France trying to sell a coffin that included a small oven and a refrigerator in case someone got buried alive. And spoiler, it did not sell. Oh, you don't say? <laughs> the boy who lived. How about that? That's crazy. He wouldn't have in Dave's uh, country to his head cut off. Cut his head off. Yeah, that's true. There would have been no this comeback story saying. for him. <laughs> like everyone's just dead in, 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 this, in Dave's uh, rule better that way poor angelo survived this uh, motorcycle accident and then dave comes and cuts his head off or rips his heart out depending on which one we go with <laughs> the last one we're going to get into is more of a true crime case but it still involves being buried alive and that's the kidnapping and subsequent murder of stephen small this is a wild story stephen small was born on march 18th 1947 and was a very successful businessman in kankakee illinois Around 12.30 a.m. on September 2nd, 1987, someone claiming to be a police officer called Stephen Small and told him that a burglary happened at a property that he owned and was in the process of renovating. Stephen got dressed and left his house. Then around 3.30 a.m., someone called the Small residence and told Stephen's wife, Nancy, quote, we have your husband. Nancy then heard her husband say that he had been handcuffed inside a box underground. Stephen told his wife to get $1 million in cash. The caller told Nancy to not call the police, but you know, spoiler, she did. And the authorities put recording devices on the smallest telephone line to record incoming calls and trace them. At 5.30 p.m. that afternoon, the same person called again asking Nancy how much money had been collected. This call was placed at a telephone at a Phillips 66 gas station in Aroma Park. At 5.40 p.m., Jean Small, Stephen Small's aunt, called the Small residents to tell them of a call that she had just received. Jean said that the caller had told her he knew Nancy Small's telephone was tapped. After telling Jean that Stephen was buried, the caller threatened to kill Jean's husband. Nancy Small received another phone call from the kidnapper at 11.28 p.m. that night. This call came from a telephone at a Sunoco station in Aroma Park, where an FBI agent saw a white male at a telephone and a blonde-haired woman in a car that was identified as belonging to a Nancy Rish. The caller played a tape recording of Stephen Small's voice, and on the tape, Stephen gave instructions for delivering the ransom while a voice in the background could be heard threatening him. Which just is fucking terrifying, going yeah, through this. Without a doubt. And you know what I picture? Um, because he's doing all this from a box inside the ground, I picture the Jonestown isolation chamber because it was pretty much the same thing it was a coffin in the ground but on the tapes you can hear them talking to someone that's in the box and it's real muffled sounding that's what i picture this like this tape thing with are, there tape, are there recordings of this i couldn't find them oh man but that's what i picture him explaining yeah, the yeah, money yeah. and it's all muffled sounding yeah that would be horrifying yeah have that call yeah. all right i gotta break this ice up real quick <laughs> it was frozen as one big clump. 
you work. You're doing a bartender, Mike. You're doing it very well. <laughs> Shouldn't have to be doing it myself. Nancy Small received one more call from the kidnapper at 1146 that night. The call came from a marathon gas station and the caller accused Nancy of having called the police and refused her offer of the ransom. Minutes later at 11.50 p.m., a police officer saw Nancy Rich's car with its trunk halfway open driving toward Aroma Park. Police followed and they watched the car drive to a house where Nancy Rich lived with her boyfriend, Danny Edwards. On September 3rd, Nancy Rich and Danny Edwards were arrested, and later that day, Danny led police to the site where Stephen Small was buried. There, officers dug up a wooden box and found Stephen's body inside. The box measured about six feet long and three feet wide and was made out of plywood. It contained a light connected to a car battery, a one-gallon jug of water, candy bars, gum, and a flashlight. A medical examiner later said that Stephen died from suffocation in that the medical examiner believed that Stephen would not have survived more than three or four hours inside the box because the air tube was too long and too narrow to provide enough fresh air. So based on that, what we were talking about earlier, probably take an hour or two. Not long. Yeah. So a couple of bumbling idiots with no plan and like a lack of basic understanding of how airflow works. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, and... This is probably one we can do a deep dive on later if we ever want to, because there's a lot about this out there um, in their whole planning of finding hmm. this wealthy guy and doing this. But Danny Edwards was sentenced to death. That was later commuted to life without parole. And Nancy Rich was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Where they remain today? Yeah, as far as I know. And it's crazy but this shit can still happen. There's still some reports of it. In 2015, in Macedonia, Greece, police found that a 49-year-old woman was buried alive after being declared dead due to her battle with cancer. Shortly after her funeral, some family members said that they could hear her faintly scream from under the ground. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> after a debate, those family members were taken seriously and the woman was found to have died of heart failure inside her coffin. So she for real was screaming and there was this debate of like, I hear her. Like, <sighs> no, you don't. Oh, you're, you're just mourning. Yeah. Like you want oh. to hear her. No, you fucking hurt her. <laughs> An investigation found that the medication given to her by her doctors as part of her cancer treatment was what caused her to fall into like a, a coma like state jesus and fucking christ i really wanted to find her name and stuff but all the articles were in a different language and mm. the translation was weird and anytime her name would pop up it was in a whole different mm, deal that i couldn't read but it seems legit there was a bunch of news articles you know so it continues what's that sound like how muffled does that sound <laughs> <laughs> But probably not even like that loud, yeah. right? Like, cause, yeah. you, well, I guess it's. I get some help down here. Where are you? Start like pulling the dirt away, trying to get to you six feet down there. Oh my god! I was trying to watch Days of Our Lives, and I don't know, I'm Days of Our Lives. So I watch my soaps, and I don't know what are you guys doing, man? Hello, hello, is anyone here? <laughs> 
Oh my god! I am so, not hard in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree, it's horrible. But yet, how how would you rub one out in in that panic to calm yourself down? Like you got to get yourself ready to go, right? That's, in that panic, are you able to do that? Mm. He wants to bury you with a picture of Casey Anthony, just in case, <laughs> if it's needed. Just plaster to the top of your your coffin, so he's just looking down at you. If you leave a flashlight, otherwise it's gonna be pitch get black. Get one of those little push lights. A little push light yeah, up there. I don't know what those are called, but I like the coffin with the oven and the refrigerator, so I can make myself some uh, pizza rolls you know, or something. That sounds all right. Yeah, yeah that like, guy hey, is like, hey, send me down there. <laughs> Bye, fuckos. Like, how big was that fucking coffin? <laughs> bigger, exactly. than, bigger than most apartments in New York City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many people have turned the episode off by now. How many people are still listening? I almost got up and left. I don't know why anyone would be that repulsed by the idea of their body being taken over by maggots. I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> repulsed because I have a very big fear of dying, and all this coffin talk has made me a little like my. You're the feel guy, like the chills you've laid on my in back. a coffin. It's a lot. I know, but David the thought and I of actually stood over you as you laid in a coffin. Yeah, but I knew was, you guys were there. It's true. We talked about closing it. I thought on top of it. I thought about doing a cane and setting it on fire and taking an axe to it. <laughs> I thought I might have gotten arrested given that we were in a bar. <laughs> There's a bar in Cleveland uh, called the Fun House. And uh, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a dive bar, but it's like old horror vintage type. And when you walk into the basement, they have this uh, old timey little casket that you can, you can sit in um, straight outside the bathrooms, just mm-hmm. fucking sitting there. And so... Dave and I would not get in it. Even in my drunk stupor, I was like, fuck no. Not a chance. Uh, Ian got right in. Because, yeah, I mean, I knew you guys were there. But as a guy who doesn't want to tempt fate, I don't love mm. that. You had done some alcohols. You were you were ready to do. No, I was DD in that night. I was sober. Oh, well, yeah, I had done some was. alcohols and thought mm. you did some alcohols. <laughs> the, I, we have a picture of that somewhere. Yeah, I don't the, know if the I picture's still have weird. It. That's what I was gonna say. The picture's yeah. weird. Like uh, I didn't care about being in there because I'm not claustrophobic stuff. So I'm like, oh, it's, it's like comfy. Just we, roll over and take a nap. But we took a photo of Dave and I like mourning over you. Yeah, I didn't like that. That was weird. Very strange. That was a bad idea. Like though, that's bad karma doing that. So at your actual funeral, can Dave and I reenact it while holding the photo <laughs> of us? Look at this photograph. <laughs> Every time I do, it makes me laugh. I'm 100% doing that at your funeral now. I give you permission to do that. I'm going to just hold my phone and play the Nickelback song while I'm doing it. It is funny, too. That it's nice that you suggest that I'll still be alive at Ian's funeral. So appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, who are we kidding here? <laughs> I can't wait. Dave dies. I'm 100% tickling his, his corpse. Like, you wanted this, pal. You wanted this. I don't want to cut your head off, so I'm tickling you. Miscuzzi. <laughs> oh, miscuzzi. <laughs> like, it's just like me tickling Dave's corpse in an empty room. People walk in, I'm like, miscuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it'll just be me holding a photograph of me and Dave <laughs> looking over Ian's body as I look over. Again, With assuming you're going to go before me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This all depends I mean, on me dying. Like I'm clogging my arteries at a pretty impressive rate here. You have permission to do it for me. You can hold okay. a photograph of me looking over you as you look over me. You still better play Nickelback though. It's yeah, like, Nickelback has to be. It's happening. like Inception, yeah. Inception Wake or something. 
So we got to get a photo over Dave <laughs> that we hold so you can hold both over me. <laughs> and then in the end, it's a photo of all three of us back together again, reunited. In heaven. Uh, well, hell, hell probably. <laughs> okay. Well, that took a turn that I didn't expect to take. I think the moral of the story is that you should get cremated. Yeah, I'm getting yeah, cremated. Because sure. at the very I'm least, here. talk about the least suffering. You might yes. have that scream we talked about. It'll be all right, it'll go you're, quick. You're gone, real quick. I was listening to Coast to Coast the other night, and George Nori was doing the uh, an ad for this company that will take your ashes, like not all of them, but just a bit of them, uh, like in a pill bottle type container, and just take it up on a satellite hmm. up into space. And it'll be like, it said like a hundred and something years you'd be up there. And then eventually you just come down as a shooting star. Hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of poetic, right? How much is that? Uh, he said it was like $2,000 or something like that. I'm like, well, oh, that's a little pricey. You just fucking throw me <laughs> out it, in the backyard and I'm good. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot me off in a bottle rocket, like pack me in there. <laughs> Whist- and, Whistler for sure. And there it goes. <laughs> I just fucking pop all over that. <laughs> Or and bl- boom you, goes the dynamite. Or you blow up all over Terry. Yeah. <laughs> you get the fuck out of the way quick enough. Say <laughs> so I'm creeped out. I'm going to go home and watch something fun. I enjoyed, I enjoyed this show, though. This is interesting stuff to talk about. Terrifying and awful for those people that had to go through it. But very scary. Something different. I like when we do different stuff. The patents I found to be very interesting. Looking at, looking at all the drawings. Can we post stuff. some of those drawing pictures? Yeah, I'll send That's them to you cool. guys. Sure. Yeah, send them all. Of Declan Post. Yeah. It's the, it's crazy that like, that was like a thing. Like, man, I need to come up with a patent for this. Like there's a market for, yeah. for I'm yeah. more interested. <laughs> there's a market for those, those of us that are buried alive. I'm more interested to, to see if they ever went to market. Like yeah. anyone could draw up a patent drawing and get right. like, you know. but were these actually sold? Yeah. Well, I mean, kiss sells their own caskets now, right? If there could be a kiss casket. Why can't there be a buried alive casket? casket? Sure. Aren't there kiss condoms with Jean's face on them? I know there's kiss there's condoms. There's kiss everything. Yeah. They slap their name on anything they can. <laughs> Pretty soon it's going to be like, Necronopod sponsored by kids. <laughs> Still doing that farewell tour three years later. Oh, yeah. It's never going to stop. They blame it on COVID. Motherfucker, <laughs> that was two years ago. <laughs> uh, I'll be back when they come to Cleveland. Oh, I'll go again. Yeah. Uh, okay. Half the show was a backing track. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll go, and I'll, go I'll go four more times after that <laughs> when they come back four more years. Well, now they're saying they're going to replace themselves. And like Kiss will be ongoing, which is like there'll be a new Paul Stanley, a new Gene Simmons. Like like somebody will take over the role as the star child and the demon. Mm, like Kiss Infinity. That's what they said. They want it to go on forever. Hmm. Which is not a bad idea. With new music or just. I guess it'll be up to whoever takes over. Meanwhile, the Stanley family and the Simmons family will get paid forever because right, they're just always right. going to own it. Look, let's be honest. It's a lot of backing work, backing yeah. track. Oh, so God, it doesn't yeah. matter who's on stage, I don't think. Well, but no, what they're saying is they would still, they would, the new people would be take over the vocals. Actually record new music? I think their plan was that Kiss would go on forever. Mm. So they would have new people playing the roles. Like Kiss is now, you know, Dave Namapod as the star child yeah. and you would be the new front man. But I'm just saying it live shows. It's oh, barely live now. now. So if they yeah. could replace people. It I'm, might be better if you can get someone, you know. That's a good point. Kiss yeah. is not known for their talent. It's three chord magic, baby. Yeah. Hell of a show. Good times. It's a lot of fun. All right. Anything else on Buried Alive? Nope. I think the original is still my favorite. 
Taker versus Mankind, October 1996. <laughs> yeah. I do. So I said I only remembered one after he brought it up. I remember the Stone Cold one. I, I just don't remember the tag tag, tag uh, match one, the 99 with the uh, Rock and Sock Connection. And Taker I love the Rock and Sock Connection. They were only around for a few weeks, yeah. a few months. The promos were great for that, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got some new patrons to shout out. Uh, quite a few. This is awesome. Thank you very much to Stacy, Joe Kilganon, Barbara. Is there something interfering with your funky butt loving? Nope, not even a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Jeff, Nicole, and Carolyn, CC Van Meter, Space Cum Captain of the Intergalactic Seaman <laughs> Infantry Squad, otherwise known, otherwise known as ISIS. <laughs> Jesus, guys. Grace Kelly, Orphan Kicker, Andrew McAnus, Josh Gorn, Intimidating, Arfush One, Lane Gordon, Phil Irwin, Ida Ladakok. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Alien Sailor, <laughs> Denise Hansen, Lauren Epps, Vanessa D. Kelly, Melanie McIntyre, Jiminy Cricket, Isaac uh, Butrin, Brigadier General of the Come Commander Fleet, Alex Corcoran, Sebastian Ervalo, Charlotte Witch, Slamma Lama Rama Lama Ding a Ling Along, <laughs> <laughs> Melissa McElroy, Big Jug Hot Cheese. All right, I'm listening. Brittany Phillips, I live in Mike's cuck shed. <laughs> wow, I got kayfabe my cuck shed. Chundercunt, Moni Yaquiza, Allison Newbold, Nunya Business, Jose Silas, Andrea Brennan, General Jerkincox, <laughs> Trimmingham 65. Jesse Wilcox, BK for Days, Will Kern, Kevin McKenna, Jared Allen, Life uh, Hannah, Dayhawk Ragvinder, Skimpy Danker, the Kanker Spanker, Brandy Saddlemeyer, Katura Walters, Jesus H. Christilla, Sarah, Dylan Kuntz, Cartographer of the Seaman Fleet. <laughs> Cucks Across the World 22. Mr. Cum. Mammoth for Runner. <laughs> Is that the name just Mr. Cum? Mr. Cum. <laughs> That's the one that they get you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and he spelled out Mr. though. Uh, good job. Um, Mammoth for Runner. Sarah Haney. Apache. Apache. Key Goddess 31, Philip Oliver Holtz, Jesse Scott, Chelsea W, Brittany Hall, Amy DeZeller, Zombie Fishy, Lee Friend, Melissa Jusek. Thank you all very much. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Ian. For iTunes, I have one for Rage0809, Not Peebus, Edward McEwen, Wilson Sarah. Anita Hardcock, 
That's not Dave. That's for real. <laughs> the she, she really hard need, cock. <laughs> she or he really needs a hard cock. <laughs> um, and Mike is underrated. Thank you for the awesome reviews. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that that one. <laughs> what was that one? I was just looking at. Not Peebus. The 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 title is "Haha, Got My Wife Addicted." I thought it was like a cucks across America. <laughs> she was addicted to Mike's cock review, but no, it's the show. Well, I feel like it's one of those memes where it's like, well, you didn't really get my wife addicted to cucks. Right. And I just stare at him. He's like, right. And I just keep <laughs> staring at him. <laughs> There's definitely been a dick going down in that house. And it ain't yours, Pally. Go sit in the corner and beat off your little wanker. <laughs> But thanks for the good review. <laughs> it's going to be amended to a one star next week now. <laughs> He's going to be our new, uh, whose life did we ruin? The uh, two star. Uh, two star Mark. Two star Mark. Ugh. Still giving his wife two star <laughs> bedtime. At least that's what she told me when she left me that five star review on Cucks Across America. We should make a shirt just with a screen print of two star Mark's <laughs> review. That would be fantastic. That would be awesome. <laughs> Hmm. We should. Let's do it. It's an idea, like a shirt of bad one-star reviews. That's pretty funny. Like, but his was a good review. His was just great. Fucked up. Oh yeah. You want to put all the all the shit reviews on shirts? Yeah. Start making money. Yeah. We can we'll print. Sell them. Can we print their names? We could do that, right? Fuck yeah. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> Leave it on our page. It's ours now, right? Yeah, absolutely. That would be right. awesome. That would be funny. All right. Just I'll go the, back and find my old one where someone called me a potato. That's right. There you go. Just the logo at the top of the shirt and then like two or three one star review prints. It's fantastic. Or just like each one is just like a different like review. Yeah. Hmm. And you can pick like, like we'll pick one that's like someone shitting on you, Dave's one with someone shitting on you and one with someone shitting on me. <laughs> I love it. There was one that's it good. Was early on, right? Someone hated me. I can't remember what they said. Something like this show would be great if it wasn't. Oh, Mike's like the younger brother who just always has to get his word in or something. Like that. <laughs> That'd be the one I want for me. Like, yeah. Oh, that person hated me. Mm, I like it. Look at us now. Look at us on top of the world. The motherfucking world. Banging people's wives, ruining their lives. Speak for yourself, pal. <laughs> All right. And we'll also do one just of two star. What is it? Mark two, two star, star mark. mark shirt. We're going to do a two star Mark shirt. I want to, we're going to call it that on Amazon. Two star Mark. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be first one to order it. He will I'm going to wear a two star Mark shirt all the time. <laughs> he will receive zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. <sighs> He'll be as disappointed as his wife is every Tuesday night after she bring, he brings her home from Applebee's and gives her about an inch of dick. <laughs> Falls asleep by 1030 while she's stuck there just watching reruns of Family Guy in South Park. Thinking, where did <laughs> I go? her bean, looking yeah. at pictures of uh, Mike Nalfa. Thinking, where did I go wrong? I got a two-star life over here. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, I feel bad a little bit for some of those things I just said. <laughs> Not bad enough to retract them, though. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that poor guy just trying to leave us a good review. And we have slaughtered him. He even went back and fixed it. We're like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Much like these people that were buried today. You ain't digging yourself out of this one, Pally. Mm, that's true. I don't know if we can even get a picture of the, the two-star review since he updated it. 
Mm. Mark, go back and give us two stars. <laughs> Edit it. Give us two stars. Let us know. We'll screenshot it and then fix it again. You go right to the top of the page. <laughs> we don't saw the picture of it somewhere. We we sent it to each other because we were like, wait, this guy is. Oh, yeah, I have it. You have to go back through. like I have it. I'll find it. That's right. right. Good call. Fuck you, Mark. We don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> We'll send him a shirt. We will. We'll send him Absolutely, we will. He can wear it. No, he's going to wear the one, the bad mic review. He wants to wear that one. Yeah, we'll send him that. All right. We'll do like a shirt, like Mike went balls deep in my wife, and all I got was this stupid Necronomapod shirt. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, that's it, right? No, I got foreign. Foreign. It's true. I didn't uh, throw it to you. Sorry. I got dead presidents from Canada, Danny Murderface from Australia, and Caddy Twenty Twenty Five from Canada. Thank you very much, foreign reviewers. Awesome. Is it Caddy or is it like one of those weird Katies where it's spelled C A D Y C A T T Y Catty? Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if it's still Katie, the way that there's so many different right? spellings yeah. of that word. I mean, I'm just being ridiculous, but you said it the way it should be said. Of course I did. Yeah. Okay. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Necronomapod, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod, Amazon.com, search Necronomapod. We'll have those review shirts hopefully soon. This, I, this is something we're actually going to follow through on. For once in our lives, we're going to follow through on something. I think we will, yeah. At the very least, we'll get the two-star mark shirt up there. And uh, what else? I think that's it. Necronompod.com. Check us out. All right. You guys ready for a cool-down beer? Cheers. <laughs>